There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. top two uh kyle kick it off man what is what is your number two favorite alkaline trio song well it's already it's been referenced a little bit and i kept my mouth shut during it (laughs) but number two for me is fucking stupid kid you mean that shitty song that that shouldn't have been on the album (laughs) yeah yeah i love it i love it no, I love no, I mean, this song, dude, too. It's good. It just doesn't make sense for the album, in my opinion. I, I like it as, like, its own thing, but, like, it's, it doesn't remind me of from here to... I don't know. It just it doesn't sound like a dark song to me, and when I think of From Here to Infirmary, man, I worked at a nursing home, and when the residents went in the infirmary, they were dying next week. So, like, Whenever I think about this album, that just like it makes the album even more dark. You think of dead old people when you think of this album? Yeah, kind of. Just, just a room of dead <laughs> old people. Oh, dying! I, I just think wow. about dying. Not dead yet, but, but dying. Just like but, yeah. But yeah, stupid kid song, just doesn't make sense on that for me. That's why I wanted to weigh in on that. But I like the song. I just wanted to just basically say I'm not shitting on your number two. Now with that said, defend (laughs) this song, Kyle. Defend it. Defend it with all your heart. So this was my introduction to Alkaline Trio. This was the first song I ever heard. And I got lucky to be able to see the music video at the exact same time. So it was, I was experiencing both at like both experiences at once. And I thought the music video was so cool because it was so different from any other music video I've seen at that point. Um, you know, the kid at school and like, you know, the, at the end, you know, he's kind of fed up with all like his teacher's bullshit, even though he's in love with her and like the other classmates are picking on him and the takes off the beanies, got the little devil horns and then essentially kills them all with smoke. I thought like that whole video concept was so different and unique that I just couldn't look away. And I thought that that was such cool, like, you know, you get shit on for kind of, you know, doing what you want, like, you know, being the person that you want to be and like connecting yourself with the people that you want to connect with. And they're all shitting on you. And like, obviously like, if you think about it in like a grander scheme, he's like, Oh God, he's killing his classmates and his teacher that, that can relate to people doing school shootings. I didn't look at it that way. I just thought it was like, like such a different music video from the time that it was just, I can see why it wasn't on MTV and it was very much like a fuse music video. And I related to it so much because around that time, like, like I was young and like, I just broke up with like my first girlfriend and I felt like a stupid kid. Like I, I told her that I loved her and this and that. And like everything that the song sang was like kind of how I was feeling at that moment. Like I just felt like an idiot for, you know, as a child pouring my heart out onto this girl. And, you know, I think we only dated for like two months, but like this song was just like, Holy shit, this song is me. This is what 
I relate to. And again, I've been repeating myself. It's the relatability of these songs that like really hit home. And this song was the most relatable thing at that time. And I still relate to it to this day on a completely different like level, but I can't help but deny it. I, I can't I, deny it. I think it's one of their, and I like this song. So I I'm with you. We're all, we're going to, we're going to gang up on uh Zach here for a minute. The guy who likes enjoy. That's the other thing. Really, should any of us really be listening? I don't really. Are any of his opinions that valid? He likes enjoy your day. So I mean, take that with it. Take what he says with a grain of salt, people. This guy likes the fucking song that fucks up. God damn it, the fucks up the whole flow of it. He likes that song. So did you know what? Remember that. God damn it. Dan leaving for his other band's tour and recording those harmonies movies. first. I, yeah, yeah the, no, because the 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 singing on the album is not it. Well, no, he recorded. Me. He recorded his har- the harmonies on that record were recorded before Matt ever did his vocals. Yeah, so no, they're I not. Know. They're like not even really like you know what I mean. They're pitch like kind of close, but yeah, they're not really pitch correct and definitely didn't have the budget. Nor was it the the time where. Like, you know, the era of auto, though, also imagine that album with like pitch corrector, like auto tune on it. It would sound <laughs> fucking weird. It yeah, it would have been bad. <laughs> imagine someone um, go back there and remix it. Just they put auto tune on Dan's backing vocals. <laughs> just sounds like oh, T-Pain oh. in fucking, it sounds like T-Pain uh, joined Alkaline Trio. That'd be, that'd oh, be, uh, I think that's the album that I want, actually. The more I'm saying it, the more I'm selling it to myself. But, Honestly, uh, yeah, put more effects on Maskeep's voice. I think a weird song could be it for them. I think but, I'm down for something new from them. But uh, g- going back, though, to uh, to Stupid Kid, what I wanted to say, one, I mean, so we both have the same introduction because that was mine. I remember seeing this video on Fuse. This was my intro to them. And honestly... I mean, the music video is very memorable and it's great. And not only that, what a fitting first video for them. Like if Alkaline Trio were going to make a video, this is what you make. Like that video is quintessential them. Like the storyline, the surprise at the end, everything about it, I think really like worked well. Like if you were going to introduce the band, this like, this is the first time where I really think they were thinking about getting to a broader audience. Like I don't. That wasn't a thought on Maybe I'll Catch Fire. I don't think Asian Man Records was like trying to make them the next big thing. I don't think they were really trying to get on MTV and stuff as much there. You know, they were going more for like college radio and stuff, but I don't think they had their uh, eyes set as, as high as we're like, from here to infirmary, they start going, you know, okay, now we are going to try, you know, a little, a little more with that. And I, I think something like that music video I think has integrity because it's still Alkaline Trio. It's them going, it's like, okay, we're going to try to make more fans and be broader, but we're not going to, you know, we're not going to lose the darkness of this band. And uh, as far as like just a straightforward breakup song goes, this is one of the best Alkaline Trio. I mean, this kind of goes like with my friend Peter. It's kind of up there with that where it's just a, this isn't a metaphorical one where you interpret a bunch of ways. You go, no, like, you know what the song's about a girl. You know what the song's about. Like, you... It's very it's very straightforward in a great way. And I, I even think of like the chorus is great and it's drawn out, so I feel like it seems so much longer, but it's like two sentences. And it's so like it's so yeah. simple, but it's so straight to the point. Remember when I said I'd love you? Well, I take that back. I was just a stupid kid back then. I take back everything I said. Mm-hmm. Like, but what a gr- the way he delivers that is what makes it. And you're like, holy fuck, like this is this is great. It's very accessible. 
It's very relatable. Like I don't, I don't know. I mean, Zach, you've 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 argued it and stuff, I and mean, you've you've put your points down, and some of them I actually thought were valid. But like, I would argue that I don't know that this one's any less dark than like Steamer Trunk. Like, I feel like they're about the same in terms of they're in, you know, they're 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 in major keys and everything. Like they're dark, but they're not that dark. Like I, I mean, I don't know. That that's kind of where I come from, and I'm like, this song is, uh, and maybe it is. Maybe it's. Maybe it's because it was both our first exposure to the band, but I think this song very much represents this record. Like this song, I I'm always waiting for this song to come on because I'm always like, that's the one. You know, it's not even my favorite Alkaline Trio song, and uh, I don't know if I did. I don't know if it'd be in my top ten. I really like this song a lot, but I don't even it, top fifteen. It would easily be top ten. I don't want to say off the top of my head because I feel like I would think of five other songs. That uh, I would put over this, but either way, I think a uh, I think an absolute great fucking uh, song. I don't know. I mean, is there anything else to add, Zach? We know you don't like the song, Kyle. You kind of. Dude, I mean, I like the song. <laughs> I'm not talking shit. Yeah. I was just saying I don't feel like you have anything else to say about it. Uh, I mean, it was actually one of my first songs too because I downloaded uh, "We've Had Enough" and this song at the same time. I just was more drawn towards. We've had enough. It has more of a, uh, I guess, a ballsy energy to it. Yeah, but fair enough. That I mean, that's a good song too. Yeah. They're both fucking jams. But uh, yeah, and the only the only thing I want to add to this, as far as like the legend of like this song in the video, is the fact that like I think we all may have posted about it when it happened. But uh, Alkaline Trio just celebrated the the twentieth anniversary of From Here to Infirmary. Yeah, 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 and as a response for that, they re-uploaded the music video for Stupid Kid in like 1080p, like four, whatever, 4K, like the high resolution baby. shit. Yeah, and like, like I had to watch the video again, and it brought back all those memories, and it just looked really clean. It looked new, and you know, it's you know, it's a fresh coat of paint, but like, it looks so good, and like, just even looking at the thumbnail right now, it's just like, oh, I want to watch it again, and the fact that they considered re-uploading it after 20 years with a higher quality just shows that like there's still something to be said about that song where they would go back and redo that that'd be like if blink did that with all the small things do they really need to do that no could they sure but there's there's no purpose to it where this i don't know the, the cult following so to speak with this song and just this era of this band it's it's like a love letter to all the fans Oh, totally. And and I mean, I'm, I'm the same with you. I get nostalgic even when I just see the, the image still of it. Cause I am, I'm the same way. I'm like that. That's my intro. Like that's the band for me. Like there it is. Like that kid in the hat and everything. Like I'm like, this was, this is the first, I, I remember watching, you know what I mean? Being however old I was 11 or 12 when I first saw it, like just seeing it on fuse and shit, just watching TV, like, you know, amazing, you know, just like so many other bands I discovered that way. But you do. You you really have something. Uh, I kind of do the same thing. I I've, I'm not as big of. Uh, I've talked about this before. Where I think My Chemical Romance are uh, very overrated. And I mean, I still liked them very much back in the day. And I don't hate them now, but I don't really actively listen to them. But I will tell you, if I see the music video to like I'm not okay, it's going to take me back to being like 12, sitting at the TV, turning it right to fuse as I always would, like just to see what's on. And just catching it right there. Same with Sugar We're Going Down, another mm-hmm. one where it's like the, these are like my intros of these bands. 
and it was on Fuse. Seeing these music videos on Fuse, like they may not even be my favorite songs of all these bands, but the second I see that, I'm transported back onto like my couch as a child, like watching these on TV, going, "Holy fuck, who's this band?" You know, a, a magical yeah. feeling. A whole reason why we talk about all this shit. You know, I mean, it's like it does something for you. Obviously, you know, you have some kind of connection to this music that you don't just get from, uh, you know, just anything you hear. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a it's a special kind of uh, music or sound or you know something about it. You know, left an impression uh, or mark on you. You know, yeah. But uh, moving Definitely. on, Zach, you want to give us your uh, number two here? Okay, so my number two is Steamer Trunks follow up. Uh, You're dead. <laughs> good one. Good nice. one. Nice. And I really like this song and. For a lot of reasons, I guess. Um, this was another one of the songs that I discovered. I loved like Steamer Trunk uh, when I listened to From Here to Infirmary all the way through. And it was just one that really stuck out to me because it's slow enough to be ballad-esque. But I consider this the ballad of, this, of the album. It is, it is kind of the ballad of the album. Not in a bad way either, but if there's a ballad on the record, this is the one. Yeah. I, I can see that, but um, I don't know. I just, it's, even though it's really slow, I still feel like it, it has more balls than a slow song, I guess. And I've heard, uh, after discovering this is one of like my new favorite songs, as you do, you just like go look up all the different versions or like the live versions of the song. And I found a demo of this song. And uh, you know how the opening line is, uh, what the hell is your name? In the demo, he says, what the fuck is your name? And his guitar tone, uh, maybe you can kind of hear it in the studio album version, but I don't hear really any flange on his guitar tone on that guitar part on your dead on the studio album version. No, me neither. But on the demo... On the demo, it's just saturated, and it sounds better. Really? There's a yeah, whole thing because the just the guitar. Would you say the whole demo version sounds better than the than the uh, than the infirmary version? Sometimes that happens. Oh, it's really close. Like they should have kept the flange, and like I think he should have kept the fuck too. That's what I was, there are there are cases of that. We won't go down that rabbit hole because we could go on it forever. But there are cases where the uh, demo is better than the than what ends up on the studio version. I've never heard yeah, that. I'll link one. you guys both of it if you guys are interested in hearing it because it is one of my favorite songs. I was gonna say I don't think uh, I've, ever, I've ever heard that version, but there are uh, I think they're on Vagrant Record comps because I have a comp that has. Oh fuck! What's the? I can't think of the. Uh, oh, bloodied up. There's like a demo version of bloodied up on it, and there's another one off infirmary that that are both uh, demo versions, but they're like more. They're more sped up. They're not too like bloodied up. Isn't too different, but it's a little faster. It's a little sloppier. Like I think. I think the studio version's better. I think they cleaned it up where it needed to be cleaned up. But uh, yeah, I wonder if that one ever was on a comp somewhere because Vagrant would do that. They would throw demos and shit. I want to find that comp because they, they probably do, dude. Because there's infirmary yeah. demos on other. I'm telling you, I have two or three infirmary demos from uh, one vagrant I'm gonna, comp. I'm gonna do some research on this now. I, uh, but, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, dude. Uh, I was gonna say I have on my. I, I haven't charged this thing in a while, so 
I don't know where it is even, but like on my iPod, I have like a whole alkaline trio, you know, you know, section. And I have shit tons of like weird Matt home recording demos of just like him noodling on a guitar playing like, you know, certain songs that like end up becoming like, you know, songs on an album. I, if I knew where my iPod was, like I would try to find those songs and I send them over because there's some really weird, like demo tracks that like, I've completely forgotten about at this point, but it, it'd be fun to to check out again because especially now after doing this list, I'm wondering if any of the songs from there are, you know, sprinkled in on those demos that I have. But yeah, some of them are just really different and they sound really shitty because it's just him on like a, a phone or like a, you know, a, you know, a portable microphone, you know, a digital are, audio recorder or something. Are you talking about like demo wise? Are we talking back like infirmary era, like early two thousands? Uh, there's a, I really don't remember. Cause like I always skipped them like, cause they were just demos, but it, I was I just wondering cause you're place, just I really cause don't know. like demo quality. Like you were saying, like the quality of them too depends so much of the years. Cause nowadays you get ones where it's like phone memos can sound somewhat decent like you can kind of get a home recording with like your iphone with just your voice and acoustic guitar but there's eras of this band when you realize they've been together since the 90s where it's like yeah i bet home recordings sounded like real fucked up it was just like a four track and like you know him with a like acoustic guitar in his bedroom or something like you know home recording is just so different throughout the years so i was was just wondering kind of off that you know it's changed so much throughout the years but there's a time where i could see where they might not even they'd be fun to hear for reference, but they might be so rough around the edges just because, you know, home recording and demoing like that just wasn't where it is nowadays. Yeah, and oddly enough, I just found my iPod. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign from the punk gods. Right. Or what Satan. It's alkaline thing. true. It's a sign from Satan, Ooh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh one last thing I wanted to note about this song, uh just because uh its lyrics are very standout for me. I think that's what shines on this because obviously the guitar is not doing anything crazy, but the bass is pretty is doing some cool stuff. Uh, actually, that riff is one of the bass riffs where I put down a guitar in a while because I was overwhelmed with the complexity of the riff. Uh, so the bass riff for "You're Dead" is kind of hard. Um, so check that out. Uh, I, could, I could see that. I've never tried playing it, but he he is going like he like just listening to it. It's slow, but it's weird, man. It's really like it doesn't make sense. But that wasn't the point I wanted to make. The point I wanted to make is uh, it's obviously a song about someone close in your life that has died, and I feel like everyone's had that. You know, it's a really relatable song. But one of the things that I like about it is the lyrics, obviously. But there is uh, there's a couple lines that stick out to me. Is uh, the funny one is, you know, uh, if assholes could fly, this place would be busier than O'Hare. And I know that <laughs> line probably strikes with you, Kyle, since you're like from Chicago. And, uh, you know, I love it. Like when there's a uh, local references brought up in songs. And I guess that's going to be like my hint at my top one. Um, but um, there's, you know, just the inevitable fact that we're all going to die. And this song kind of highlights Wait, I that, am? you know? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, but you know, <laughs> we're nowhere near prepared and you're never going to know when you die. And you know, you can never be prepared for that, but it's going to happen. Don't be fucking scared. Cause it's like, 
you you can tell you know that's basically what the song's about and it's just like you know i feel like a lot of people are, are always like i don't know man like you, you just have to live life not afraid and i feel like that's what this song kind of highlights i think i think the i think the best part of it i will say is the build up in the bridge i think the bridge is the best part of this song that that build up is really fucking good the uh just that whole fucking we're nowhere near prepared and all that like really good i'll also say if you like this song so much i would definitely recommend going back and listening to fine because i feel like some of the things you're describing here that you like about it oh i I already like the fine song so i'm going and listening yeah i i would say the things that you're saying about this song which you like about it i would say fine would jump up there not say it'll become like your favorite outline trio song but i think if there's elements of this that you like I think you'll like it in there. Um, no, okay, sick. I I think this song is good. Like I said earlier, I mean, I think it's kind of the ballad, like quote unquote ballad. I don't really mean a ballad, but if there's a slower, more heartfelt song, this is this is it. This is more hard on your sleeve than some of the other, like because it is. There more of the other songs are more like a like it's less hard on your sleeve. Maybe relatable, but some of it's more of a fuck you and kind of stuff. Where this one's more of like. I feel like it's really let your guard. Yeah, it's very sad. You let your guard down. You know, it's about they're very vulnerable. You know, and uh, and also, I mean, people at home. I know they're just finally. I know. I know it's been like two hours since I mentioned it, but about uh, Sky Harbor and everyone's still losing their mind about me being uh, going to Sky Harbor <laughs> Airport. Guys, I've been to O'Hare. Not well, actually, not oh, because nice. of the song, but the whole time that we were driving there, everyone in the car just kept saying, "Because if assholes could fly." place to be busier than o'hare so yes i've been to two uh punk rock airports that are that have been uh you know like immortalized in songs yeah well just you wait man i'm gonna i'm gonna one-up you with my number one no you won't <laughs> yeah I, the way he's talking about it i think i know what it is i, I already kyle, go, kyle don't kyle no, don't. i was gonna no, no, start not, no, singing it i was gonna start singing because no, i knew no. what it no, was man, don't do but it. I, no don't i'm not do gonna it, no, I'm, I'm not, not gonna, gonna but we know what you, i have a really personal reference to this so we like, know what you said my number one you you let it go though earlier when you when you I know I know I was hinting, <laughs> yeah. man. I was hinting. And I, I almost started cool. singing it. I almost was gonna be a dickhead. Oh, shit. No, I'm not. Dude, I may be a big enough dickhead to hang up on you, but I'm not a big <laughs> enough dickhead to start singing the uh, the song. Yeah. No, yeah. That was weird. All Hell of a sudden yeah. it didn't happen for long, dude, but I swear you just sounded like Chewbacca uh doing yeah, like, like I heard it. Too. Oh, okay, where he was like gargling Listerine. It was like Chewbacca oh, sorry, gargling. Yeah, no, I it's mean, not you, dude. It was literally like one word, but it was the weirdest thing. Just one word, whatever you just said. Kyle heard it too. You just sounded sitting like... Sitting in a guitar stool or sitting on a guitar stool is it this sound. Uh, I have a couple of these guitar stools and I kind of use them for seating in my room studio bullshit. So uh, It hasn't done it yet. I don't think it was that. I think it was fucking Satan or something. They're kind of, they're kind of noisy. Like, you know, those bar stool things. They're cool. No, fuck yeah. Um, I don't know. I uh, Kyle, I guess. I mean, you get you. I guess you've been the only one who's been a little quieter on this one. You have anything else to add to uh, your dead? Not really. I, I really like the song. Uh, I just don't really have much else to say. Well, then, uh, nice. then I guess we will. Okay, that'd be my. I was about to say Kyle go to number one, but don't do that yet because I never said my number two. Huh? I yeah, think. Drop your deuce. 
I mean, fuck, apparently we just love this record because my song is also off from here to infirmary. But, uh, I mean, I talked about earlier with Madam Me being like such a good track two song in the one-two punch, but Mr. Chainsaw, number two, I got to go Mr. Chainsaw. It's There was a time in my teenage years, if you asked a younger Anthony, if you got in a time machine – it went like 10 years back, and you go, hey, motherfucker, what's your favorite Alkaline Trio song? I'll go, well, hey, motherfucker, it's Mr. Chainsaw. And, I mean, hell yeah, it's it's really, this has probably been one of my favorites since the beginning. I think it's it's just one of those, again, it's like, yeah, song, like people have written songs about growing up and kind of just, just what it's about, like coming of age and everything. But, like, it's just so matter of fact. It's, again, it goes back to what makes them so good. They're not a punk band or a pop punk band just singing about girls and shit. They sing about different things, but that you can relate to. And I think this is a song that I think as you, maybe not even in your teenage years, but as you go into your, as your late teens into your 20s and everything, I mean, this song is just very, everything about it, you can relate to it, but it's also, it goes back to that, like, you can relate to it, but it also goes, and it's, you know, I, the metaphors and shit in it and stuff, like, it's not... It's not all straightforward, but there are elements of it where it's like, okay, like I, I get what it's about and everything, but I love, I mean, the imagery of like, I mean, just Mr. Chainsaw and all, I mean, all the other things, the fucking, uh, what was it steak knives or whatever, or the knives in his yeah. eyes, whatever the lines are, but just about all the way, you know, all those different things that are just genius Matt Skiba lyrics where they're just demented they're just kind of demented, but great. Like it's just so catchy and just like works so well, even though it maybe it shouldn't, but I mean, yeah, always was my number one for a long time. And I mean, his, his, I mean, went up there and, and has stayed around there underrated baseline. This is one of Dan's best fucking baselines. Like this is another one. I know, I know we keep talking about it, but driving baselines, he fucking kills it on this song. Like this whole song is him. Like there, you, you listen to that. He's just going fucking nuts the whole time. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's a great track too. I think the lyrics paint an amazing picture and just classic dark Skiba lyrics. And, and another one, another one too, I did write a fun song, like another one that has to be in your live, in your live set. This is a good live fucking song. This is another one to get people off their feet, moving around, um, I mean, I, I put this up there just as important as like a My Friend Peter or something where it's like, if you want to get the crowd moving, this is a song to pull out. And I think I, this is another one that I think they did pull out. Oh, no, no, I don't think it was. I think it was Take Lots with Alcohol. They played. Oh, uh, I love that song. That that one they played so on the good. Newfound Glory co-headliner that I wasn't expecting. Because I remember they played a song off Infirmary that I was not expecting at all, but I think it was take lots with alcohol and not Mr. Chainsaw. I actually don't know that I've ever heard drum play. Opener. that drum is fucking so good. Yeah. Th- that's what oh, I mean. Sugar. We're going down, man. This is the that's best drum. This is the best drum opener. Like the most iconic for me. I don't know. Sugar. We're going down. is probably the most commercially iconic, I guess, but like take with lots of alcohol is probably like my favorite. Like it's a better intricate first, one like, because the, yeah, the sugar we're going down is more memorable. But I think there's more intricacy and like talent to the uh, to that one. Because the other thing too is that drum beat and sugar were going down. Do both of you? Okay, this is very sidetracked for just ten seconds. But do both of you know the plain white tea song? Um, I think it's I re- hate. I really don't like you. 
It was like their first no, big single. No, that sounds awful. <laughs> it's not a bad. No, I, oh, I haven't yeah. heard it in years. No, I think, yeah. But there's. Is it in, good? I, I mean, I, I used to like the Plain White Tees a lot. I'll be honest. I haven't listened to. I mean, I, I fell off after their first, like, two records I used to really like. I don't know that I can sit here and say they, they stood the test in time because I just don't know. But the first few records were good. Plus, their drummer was the drummer of Knockout, which, uh, I mean, should have been his Ew. biggest Fallout boy. Fucking amazing, amazing fucking band. So he gets that. But anyways, what I was talking about before was just there's in the bridge of that song, they basically do that same drum beat that the opening of Sugar We're Going Down is. And it just always I just wondered if you guys heard it because I've always wondered if everyone else hears that too. And I feel like that too, like that drum beat's just kind of a – like it's, it's memorable but it's simple. Where Take Lots With Alcohol, I go, that sounds like you actually have to think about what you're playing. Like that seems more intricate to me, but that that's neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to Mister Chainsaw. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I've I've said quite a bit. Um, it it's just I mean it's a great song about getting older, coming of age, and you know I mean I just the end like and and I I'm gonna I'm gonna reference Jawbreaker again, but another kind of Jawbreaker-like thing with the, in case you're wondering, we're singing about growing up and giving in. It kind of reminds me like Jawbreaker does a lot, and uh, including on like Sluttering, where at the end of the song, he's kind of, I mean, basically the same thing. Uh, if you hear this song a hundred times, it still won't be enough. And just like kind of yelling over and over again, like the songs, that, like telling you what it's about. Like this song's about like a girl and shit. And just, he kind of does the same thing in this, where it's like, hey, like if you can't, if you can't figure out, this is what the fucking song is. Like, I love that. It's kind of sarcastic, but it's kind of like, it's also very sincere. Like, I don't know. I just love that, that, that the whole song kind of ends by like just describing to you everything you just heard. Um, just, I, I think it's an amazing, it's an amazing track too, but at the same time, I think it also could have worked as a track one. Not that I want to get rid of private eye by any means, but if this, for some reason was track one, I think it would work as track one as two, just because of the fucking energy of it. Like right away, knocks you off your fucking ass from uh, start to finish. Yeah, it, it again another one of those songs that were easily linked. Actually, both songs you referenced, this and uh, "Take Lots of Alcohol," two more songs that were floating around my top fifteen. But yeah, the the lyrics in this song, it's another one of those like these lyrics aren't something that most people would sing about, but it works to Matt, Matt Skiba yes. and like his delivery and his timing. And you had all those quirky little lines. Like, like I took a hammer and two nails to my eardrums long ago. So fucking they have good. The, uh, the steak knife took my eyes. Uh, the whole Mr. Chainsaw gave it to my legs a long, long time ago. Like those things, like taking away basically like, you know, your, your hearing, your seeing like your mobility, like shit like that. Like, where there's like really odd storytelling where they're kind of like in this, they're like picking out like certain like limbs and senses that like you're using in your day to day and just adding those little like fucked up lines about it. And there's like how they're being taken away from you. I, th- I find so interesting and fun and it makes me wish like I was that kind of lyricist. Cause I tried writing lyrics like that before and it's never worked out, but it's definitely where the inspiration comes from with songs like this, where he's so witty and so smart. And it's just, it's, 
it's like yeah i can't i can't get enough of it he, he's witty but matter of fact because I, I just like pulled up the the like opening lyrics but it's like Right away, when was it that you lost your youth or traded it for something more than them to use so jaded? Why is it that you never said I love you more than just a friend? It's just like, it's just growing older. That's you. You slowly get older. The You settle on things. People tell you no. You know, people drift away. This opportunity you had, you know, you squander it. Or this, ha- it's just that very much. And then I pray this gridlock never ends. Like, as he keeps going, you're going like, oh, he's in tr-. Like, he starts as a teen or a child and goes to a teen and then goes to 20, you know, 20 something, then a 30 something. And it's like, I truly think as you listen to this song, it's just, it's, it's basically the harsh reality of life. Same with the, even the limb thing, like with all that, like even, even if he's being a little more graphic with it about like the chainsaw and all that, you do lose your hearing, you do lose your sight, like all these things of just growing older and becoming, you know, just going more towards the end and kind of that kind of the bleakness that Alkaline Trio does sometimes, you know, have. And I don't know if this is bleak. I feel like it's both. I mean, it's really more than anything. I don't know if it's bleak as much as going, this is something that we don't want to talk about, but it's true. And it is. It's just, it's about growing up and giving in. It's literally about you growing up thinking all the dreams you, because everyone does. Like everyone at one point, you know, we, we all see people who, you know, are, are much older than us, you know, whatever that may be, but it's like, you'll, you may see someone and you go, they're just old. You don't, you don't know them when they were younger. You don't know them when they were vibrant, when they had life in them and dreams and shit. And it's like, but everyone was that at some time, every old fucking, like, you know, like Zach was talking about being in the nursing home or whatever, in the infirmary, all those old people at one time were young, bright fucking like people with futures ahead of them. And like every, you know, everything to gain and and just all of that shit and this song is just kind of about it's not even all about just the bad side of that but it's just matter of fact it's like you get older you sell out you know you think you're gonna be this or that but you end up not being this or that you know you end up in fucking gridlock traffic or you know i mean any anything like that you end up not with the person you thought you were gonna end up with like this song is just very much about it's like this is lot like these are the harsh fucking realities of life. It's very matter of fact. Yeah, and like even like yeah, as matter of fact as that the line that they have here uh, from blocks away, I heard somebody screaming a small child inside of you that you let bleed. I love that. You stabbed him up not once but twice. Cubicles will now suffice. Like you're basically yeah, like you have accepted the fact that your youth is gone. And you just have to basically live as an adult in this like corporate bullshit world. And like, that's like you killing off any dreams that you had. And it's just like, you're stuck with a boring ass life and you're going to fucking die that way. Like it sucks to think that way, but that's how like it feels in this song. It's just like, you're finally giving in to growing up and giving. Yeah. It's just, yeah. The following line, like following that too, I like the whole, uh, like some will say it's the roll of the dice. I think they're wrong. I know I'm right. And that, and that is the part though of optimism where I feel like that's him kind of saying he realizes that doing that, that, that nine to five or that cubicle job, you know, that soulless job just to the nine to five to make money to, you know, work to live, live to work kind of shit. Like he, he sees that trap at least, you know, there is that self-awareness of, there's some people who say it's a roll of dice or it's like, that's just what you have to do. You know, like that's just life. But there is a part of them there where it's like, well, no, fuck that. 
You know, I mean, like it is matter of fact, but there is kind of a part of it where there is a fuck that. And like you were talking about too, the that child, that small child inside of you, you left bleeding in the cubicles and everything. He is pointing out why this. You know what I mean? Like he is also pointing out yeah. what we do as well. To you know, it's not all things outside of our power. It is also talking about yeah, literally. I mean, again, everything we're saying, he sums up in the bridge. It's about growing up and giving in. It is about you know it. it Fuck your dreams. I got to make money. You know, I'm going to get the cubicle job. Mm-hmm. And you do that. That mur- I mean, literally, like, I love that, that your, your inner child, you're murdering him. Like, as you put on that suit and tie and you go, you know, your two hours of traffic in and out of work to get back to suburbia. And, you know, I mean, just even that, like, even things that he doesn't put in there, it writes, it conjures up images in my head right away. And I think with everyone else where it does, it makes you think of the worst case scenario, your fear, like things yeah. you don't want in life, the fears of where you could end up or what could happen. And I mean, just a fucking genius, genius song. I mean, I, I love it. I love the inner, the, the uh, imagery and I love the fucking title. I mean, the song's called Mr. Chainsaw that rules. Yeah. That's a great fucking song. One of my title. friends, one of my friends through high school, his AOL screen name, username had Mr. Chainsaw in it, and I thought it was the best fucking thing. That is a good fucking uh, username, Mr. Chainsaw. That's fucking... That could even yeah. be a good band name, I feel like. You know what would be a good band sure. name, though? Huh. Oh, uh, <laughs> Pony 420, something about, oh, you know, I, I'm not really for sure. It's, it's kind of vague. It's there, but I don't really know yet. I'd put a Coney 2012 in there somewhere. Yeah, you, Dude, I think it was I'm the referencing end. you, man. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Who knew? Wait, did you not catch that when I just said the... Co- I, I realized you're referencing me the whole time. Oh, I <laughs> Yeah, I, I caught on to that the second you said Tony and 420. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew we were, I knew you were doing my Twitter handle. No, I said Tony, bro. <laughs> oh, I heard Tony. Yeah, well... Tony, Tony Coney. <laughs> yeah, Tony, dude. That's what I thought you were saying. Oh, never no, mind. Co- you know what? <laughs> this has nothing to do with the song, but I was so lost for a second. <laughs> you you said Coney, but I thought you said Tony. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Wild. All right. Um, it looks like there is a rapper that goes by the name Mr. Chainsaw. Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of sick, though. God damn, I didn't know. Now, he should just sample Alkaline. Alkaline. Yeah, he should only sample Alkaline Trio songs. Dude, I'll listen to his music. <laughs> that would be, pretty, that? That would be yeah. pretty dope. Yeah, just all fucking sampled. Uh, well, actually, and we'll get back to this, but Legion of Doom. Have ever, have, or either Ooh. of you? Okay, you Ooh. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not really familiar. So good. Mash it. So Trevor oh, Keith dude. of uh, Face to Face, he used to do it, I think, with someone else, but they would just mash up. Emo, what's the the biggest one? I think was screaming. It was like screaming infidelities and the quiet things that no one ever knows. I think that was probably the biggest one. It was quiet screaming. Yes. And then, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, There was a fuck. What was the other one? I oh, I know what you buried last summer, which was uh, buried buried alive. And and I know uh, your soul last last summer. That's so fucking. Zach, you would probably love these, but yeah, they would mash up just like someone two, link me. So they just Dude. look up Legion of Doom, or I'll I'll link you when we're done doing this. Hold but on, yeah, I have another tab going. Yeah, they're they're. <laughs> I think it's up your alley. It's probably something. I oh, I, th- I think so this is cool. up your alley. I think you'll like it. It is, it is really fucking cool. Is, yeah, yeah. Start with the quiet yeah. screaming. That's the most well known one, 
and that's probably one of the most well done ones. But yeah, okay, this will be the only circumstance I listen to brand new because I actually just don't listen to them anymore. Well, you will for this, Me and neither, I don't listen. Yeah, I, it's cool. But th- this time yeah. you can, you you can for this, and then yeah. don't don't listen again. It's technically kind of the dashboard too. Yeah, there you go. But oh, yeah. but anyway, that that's what I thought of when you were talking about that with a with a rapper named Mister Chainsaw sampling Alkaline Trio was I I, I immediately thought of uh, Legion of Doom. I wonder why Trevor Keith. Yeah, because they I, had well, what was it stupid kill? Yeah, I think. Yeah, you're right, man. I forgot. So they yeah. did hit Alkaline Trio. I was going to mm-hmm. ask him. I was supposed to interview him a few years ago at a face-to-face show, and that was one of my questions I had. I was going to ask him if he ever like considered or like ever thought about doing Legion of Doom again because I feel like it did quite well on the internet for him. Like that was a thing on the internet, or like back in the day. I mean, you know, like now I, I don't know how many people really remember it, but for a moment there, I think that got quite a few listens and like views and shit. Yeah, that was definitely a thing in my high school that like people <laughs> were yeah. definitely into. But one point uh, four million for that brand new one. Which back in the day that was a lot, you know, like now that's not really yeah. great numbers, but back then, yeah, that that was pretty uh that was pretty good. But anyway, let's let's get back into this. Let's it's time for number one. Fucking Kyle. You you start this. Oh boy. We're we're three hours later, which is actually early. I feel like we're we're getting through this faster <laughs> than we normally do. Let's do Actually, number. You know, I gotta work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we'll fucking finish this up then. We'll we'll, we'll get going. No, no, you're good. Uh, oh, okay. But I'm talking about the ones that we've had at like oh. midnight. <laughs> Those ones. And I'm like, guys, I can't do it anymore. Oh, you were off. I th- what was it? Dogs eating dogs. Uh, I think Zach, you hung up. I think you did have work. I think me and Kyle were on the phone. I was getting a sub at Sheets, and as we were hanging up, my phone said five hours on it. <laughs> And yeah, like half of that wasn't even yeah, on the podcast. Remember, we were just, we were just talking for like half of it. Like we we weren't even recording True. for like two and a half hours. I was just getting a sub True. at this and point. Five songs. <laughs> yeah. Oh no that that, that uh <laughs> no I, I feel like this was a fast one for us. But no, Kyle, oh, you true. you cut this, cut the ribbon. What is your number one? We we're waiting. Fucking drum roll. Yeah. G- give it up, dude. All right. <laughs> My my number one has actually been referenced already in this episode, but with some hate from you assholes, it's Warbrain. <laughs> oh, bro, I love Warbrain. <laughs> I love Warbrain. Actually, I feel like Zach, I'm going to throw Zach under the bus. I feel like Zach was the only one talking shit. I just said it needs more distortion on the guitar. It's a great and fucking song. I said song. it kind of sounds like look reminiscent of Blink esque, but yeah. like look at both of us cover knows. our asses. Look at both of us just covering our asses right away when he says it's his favorite. <laughs> yeah, bro, so, I, no. I pick Warbrain out. I search. No, that I do song like War, Warbrain's a great fucking song. But yeah. it, it is hilarious that, that that two and one was stupid kid and Warbrain, and both <laughs> and both yeah. had, had some criticisms early on. <laughs> No, and that's why I didn't say anything during those times because I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait this out. <laughs> How much is your tongue bleeding from just biting it uh, for half this episode? Um, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's an alkaline trio lyric in there somewhere that I can use. <laughs> God damn, you're right, dude. That is a that's an alkaline trio lyric waiting to fucking be written, or it already right. has. Yeah, it's um, just a reference. But yeah, so Warbrain, uh, there, there's a story to why this song's even relevant to me. And it's, uh, first I had a, an acquaintance friend, uh, a number of years ago, actually like 10 years ago now, 
Yeah. Um, he passed away in a car accident and Warbrain was just like his favorite song. And like, I knew of it, never really paid too much attention of it. I just, I'd usually skip it. Cause there's like that, uh, the talking, you know, that little, yeah. The intro. You know, that little yeah. Weird with, move uh, on that the, song. The, yeah. But so like, I used to like, I knew it, but I, I was just kind of like, eh, I don't really need to hear this part. And so he passed away. Um, and some friend of ours had a wedding and they wanted him to be like a part of the wedding. So there was going to be like a group, like togetherness with like the bridal party and stuff like that. And they were going to play this song. I'm like, Oh, that would be kind of cool. Like let's do it. And it blew my mind how many people just at the wedding in general, like knew the song and like the crowd got bigger around us as the song was playing. And it was, everyone just had their hands up, like, you know, kind of being like, Chris, you're here with us and loving it. And I was like, man, like I got to revisit this song. Cause like, I knew the song. I just didn't care too much about it. Um, to end up becoming, uh, I brought this up a long time ago to you, Anthony. This was actually the first official song I ever learned on bass. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, you did tell me that. Which yeah. I was fucking cool. That's yeah. a it's a fucking you don't Sick song. It's not the one you would it's, you would expect either, like if you were gonna learn an alkaline no. trio song. No, not at all. And the reason why I even chose it is because it was his favorite song and he was a bass player. So I'm like, you know what? I wanna learn this song for my buddy. And so like I knew how to play like damn it on bass, but it's not like I looked up the tabs. I just kinda knew how to play it, you know? Yeah. So like I don't count that. This was something I actually like, I'm going to actually look and do my research on. So did all that. And somewhere, I think either on my computer or maybe like on my iPod or something, there's like a recording of me playing over it, just audio. And I remember like feeling so like proud and accomplished that like my first bass song was like this awesome song, which the bass on this song is just ridiculous. Like, it's so fun to listen to. And if you don't have your settings right on, like, your speakers or your headphones or whatever, you're not going to really, like, be able to appreciate the bass work on this song unless you actually have it set right. And with that, um, it was on a, it was on a Rock Against Bush, and that's how this song was released initially before Remains came out. And a buddy of mine had Rock Against Bush, and I wasn't super into politics, but I thought the song was kind of cool. And just everything about it, like, it's super fast. It's super fucking punchy. You know, there's no BS to it. Like, at least in my opinion, it's uh, the only thing really is the story behind it. It's whether if you believe it's, you know, something about, you know, the war or if you think about uh, there was a, I think I read somewhere that both of his, like, both of Matt's parents were in a, like Vietnam or something. Yeah, they, I and think they the were. Storm, I, I, the I've storm of fifty nine. The storm of fifty nine is about like the world's like or Japan's worst fucking typhoon that happened during Vietnam. And then there's like another like hurricane that happened in fifty nine as well on the East Coast. But the the song itself, I think it's so well written musically and lyrically. Whether you understand the story or not there's something about that song that like, I think anyone can relate to on some level. Definitely. There, there's a met, like, I think too. Yeah. If you, even if you didn't dwell far into the meaning of it, 
there's definitely a love, you know what I mean? There's a connection there where I feel like it's talking about someone's lover or something, either being whether it's war that separates them or something. I always get that out of it too. And I'm like, I feel like you can relate to it about someone who you miss kind of like, I feel that way about Mm someone. I go, it's kind of, it's almost retrospective in that way. Like he, he's almost talking about things that already happened. You know what I mean? Like it's not said in present tense. I feel like a lot of it's about events leading up to it almost. So I feel I feel that way. Like I listen to it, I almost feel like you listen to it and you kind of think of like someone that it's like, yeah, that you, you just miss for whatever circumstance. But uh, and the, I mean that's yeah, just surface I mean, level. I mean there is so much more going there. But like what you were saying, I think the relatability of it is like, yeah, even if you don't like try to read into it, and like even if you're just like, oh, it's called War Brain, and you just stop there. It's like I, I think there's something you'll find in it that you like right away. You know what I mean? It's very well, very likable. Like no matter what. I think the fact I think the fact that that he just uses like the lines or the lyrics like I need that song those trusty chords to pull me through and you know shit like that like everyone has a song that like when they're fucking down and they need something to pick them up everyone has that kind of song and these lyrics kind of like tell you like that this song can be that thing and when I started listening to this song more that's how I related it with my my friend who passed away is that like I needed this song to pull me through the shit that like I was feeling because he was kind of like the first person amongst like my friend group kind of that did pass away so that was like my first real experience with like losing someone relatively close that wasn't family because I haven't really lost family at that point and uh and the weirdest thing about it and what really like kicked it into overdrive for me was there was one day me and the group of friends, we were uh, coming home from a restaurant and we just happened to be passing the cemetery that he was buried at. And while we were driving, like no one had their hands on the iPod. Warbrain came on as we're passing his fucking cemetery. And we had to turn around. We had to turn around and pull in and like visit him because it was just too fucking weird. And like, I'm not a big believer in like ghosts and spirits and this and that, but like that was something that was so weird because everyone looked at each other and we looked at the iPod and no, everyone was like, I didn't touch it. Like no one, no one had their hands on it. It was just like in like a cup holder or something. So it was just extremely strange. That's fucking nuts. That's why it was weird. I like that. Really I, I like that meaning, but that you have behind the saga. That's a great for sure. reason for yeah, to like it so much. Definitely a good, uh, you know, I, I totally get why that would be your number one. I mean, that holds a lot of a lot of weight to it. Yeah. And that was like a later addition in my life. So like if it wasn't Warbrain in the number one, it either would have been like Stupid Kid or Hell Yes or even like, you know, like uh, some other songs like uh, Jack on Green Beers, Old School Reasons, Standard Break from Life. Like those songs probably would have made it onto my list. All but classics. like Warbrain kind of just like skyrocketed like into like my favorites because of this situation that happened. That to- it totally makes sense. I-, I could definitely see why that would be. I mean, amazing song too, but like with that thrown on, um, yeah, I mean, really that- that's a great story with it. But uh, yeah, like I said, all these songs, I have something to really relate to. So there's a lot of like personal meaning behind it. So some of it's not even just like the guitar riff or, you know, the lead notes or the bass line. It's very much the story that I get from the song and where it's where I can apply it in my life. And that was the situation that this song came into my life. 
That's what I love about music, when things can do that for you. A song that makes you think of a person or transports you back to a time. Like I, I think music does that more than just about anything else. I think the right song, can, good or bad, can transport you back to a certain time, can make you think of a certain person, can make you think of yourself at a certain time. Like It's crazy the time capsule that a song a song can like truly be. You know, I mean, it's really crazy the kind of weight a song can fucking hold. But, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I was, I was going to say it has nothing so much to do with the song, but those Rock Against Bush comps were fucking good. My God, some amazing song. I love compilations. Though Both of those have some really, uh, uh, some, some unreleased songs from bands. Some, some are just whatever. They're like, you've heard them other places, but I want to say, oh yeah, they did. Green Day had Favorite Son on there. Which was pretty good. I don't mm-hmm. think you could find that another place. There, those comps are well worth hunting down. If anyone's never checked them out, Fat Records did them and back the, in the early two thousands. And the Chuck B side. Oh yeah, they did, uh, didn't they? Some forty one. Yeah, there's a Chuck B side on there. I want to say it's like every it's fucking band B. was on those. Um, those comps are fucking huge. Of, hold on, I'm about to figure it out. I know I'm looking it up right now too. Like a buddy it's of like moron. It. Oh yeah, it's moron or something, right? It is moron. Okay. It is it is definitely moron. Yeah, Baghdad, that's another it. good one. Never... Uh offspring song yeah. on there, that's a good one. It's that those comps are really good. So I, I had to add that. Besides that, I mean it's a good song. It is one of their best B sides. I think I think probably in my top five. I was talking remains and I do like my top five songs off that. I would say this one would probably sit at five or four for me. Um, I, I think really, really good. My only, my only real complaint with, like I said earlier, I think the guitar could be beefed up more because he's not doing a lot like that opening line. He's just playing the like dun 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 like that. I think could be just beefed up, but that's just that's just like you know that's like recording and shit. Like the song itself, really good, and I've never heard him do it. But I feel like that song could sound really good acoustic. As we've talked about songs that would be good stripped back. I feel like he could do a haunting version oh. of that. Why? You know what? Yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely. Why? That's a wasted opportunity. Why was that on? Not why was that not on Damnesia? I never thought of that. That would have been a song to put on Damnesia. I would love to hear B side probably. Yeah, but they play it live. I've heard them play Warbrain. Like that's a fan favorite. That's a song that's like beloved. Like that's not one that they have to worry about it being too obscure. I'm actually surprised. That would have been a really rad full band. Uh, I you know I would have rather them do that than like Private Eye. I didn't love their version of Private Eye on Damnesia. I think it would have been cooler if they went um, if or no. What am I talking about? That was on Infirmary. I was about to say if they used this song off Infirmary, but uh, I think this would have been a better one in lieu of a few songs that they did on there. I think this would have been a uh, a better one. But I, I don't know, Zach. You got you got anything else to add to this one? Uh, well, before I go into my number one, uh, I kind of wanted to touch on, you said compilations and it's related because it's Alkaline Trio, of course. And I believe someone had mentioned Jaded on Green Beers. I think that was you, that's, Kyle. That's one of their best B-sides, yeah. too. Jack on Green Beers, yeah. Atticus, Hell baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I yeah, was, yeah. picked up the Atticus comp because, you know, I like the shirts and shit, but, uh, I picked that up at a record store for like a dollar and I thought like in like 2017. So pretty like recently. And I thought like it was just like a six score. And then I had never heard Jade on green beers and it like opens that compilation and it's really good. Yeah. It's one of the, that's not my number one. 
I just wanted to weigh in on that. Well, now it actually is your turn. What is what is your number one? Give your big uh, reveal. Uh, my number one is "Fuck You, Aurora" off of "Maybe I'll Catch Fire." <laughs> wow, I was not. That is a good pick, but I was not oh, in a million years expecting that at all. It's because I have a really personal reference to it. Um, so I actually had my experience before I had heard the song, um, but. I, you know, I majored in marketing and I used to go to these conferences with my professors, almost a network. Um, and, you know, just like learn different things about marketing, like what's happening and stuff. But anyways, uh, it was at Aurora University. And part of this uh, conference was that there was a student led competition and it was like <clears throat> you were given a scenario and uh, you studied the scenario in the hallway for five minutes. And then you had to come up with like a marketing strategy and present it to them for like under like 10 minutes. Like it had to, it had to be a well thought out marketing strategy. And like you had like five minutes and like a half a piece of paper, like, you know, anyways, that, that's beside the point. It, it was just like pretty, it was like a high stress situation. We went in there and it was me and one other girl representing my college because the marketing club was not popping at my tiny little Midwest school, but you know, we were still going to do it. Anyways, we presented in front of like these older graduate students and they, you know, they were like, thank you for your time, whatever. Uh, long story short, the, the judges who were judging the competition were uh, Aurora university alumni and obviously the people who won the competition was Aurora University. <laughs> um, and I was just like, we were just kind of all salty. And it was, uh, it was like my kind of my mentor was there. Uh, she's one of my professors. And then another professor of mine was there just for the ride because it, it was honestly a sick conference. And then my other friend Darby, like she was the marketing club president and I was the vice president. So. We, we were just there and we all just were like, are you kidding me? Um, so then afterwards we went out and got beers in Aurora, but um, I just was like, kind of that I, I liked my time there. I just was just like, wow, that was kind of shitty. And then like a year later uh, when I was going through the discography uh, for trio, I discovered the song and I was like, they have to be singing about Aurora, Illinois. And I was like, and then, you know, I just figured out like they're from Chicago. And of course they're singing about Aurora, uh, Illinois. Um, and one last note, I'll, uh, just point out the song's basically about Matt's friend who moved to Aurora to take, um, a deal with Chrysler, uh, because they're, their manufacturing plant used to be in Aurora. It's not anymore. Mm -hmm. I've checked, but uh, that that's basically what the song's about. But like, I think about it as like my own thing. Like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, Aurora. Like that kind of like a little bit bitter about it. And I've actually like covered this before. And uh, you know how uh, you'll never, the line is you'll never catch me behind the wheel of a Chrysler ever again. Mm. Like when I performed this live, uh, 
I changed the last lyric to uh, you'll never catch me wearing a necktie at AU ever again. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of cool to like tie it back. <laughs> I don't know, man. I love this song and I love that. Like I can also hate Aurora with Mastiba. <laughs> it's, it's a, uh, I, yeah, I definitely was not expecting it. It's not a bad song by any means. And I would say, a, uh, I really like it, and it's kind of different for uh, Alkaline Tree. I don't feel like it's... Oh, it's weird. It's, the verses are super clean, like one of the, his cleanest guitar tones for that early on. Well, it's more to me, it's 90s influence, but it's like it almost... It doesn't sound straight up like Weezer, but it has more of this more slow... It's not as fast tempo, but it's heavy. It has more of this... It's it's almost more in that heavier power pop side, like with an edge, like an alkaline trio edge, but kind of falls more in some of that power pop indie rock of the '90s that was going on. I would say more than a conventional uh, alkaline trio song. You know, I mean, not not total left field from them, but I think they went and did kind of like you know, kind of kind of their same influences, but did like another side of their influences that they wouldn't always uh, channel. And uh, definitely, I like too because like like that with the song is it seems he takes something like that about it being his friend moving away, but it's like he makes it so it seems more urgent and about more, and you're not you know like there. I love that he takes a real life event and kind of you know makes it like a Skiba like song where it's like you kind of get what he's singing about, but he does kind of make it a little cryptic too, but personal too with the whole Chrysler thing and shit like just really really good you know what i mean like adds dimensions to the song and the lyrics and shit in in uh, terms of that which matt's always good at but i don't know i mean solid song i don't have a ton to add to this one honestly i've always liked it i don't i don't know where it would land on mine i don't think it would ever land in like top 10 or anything but i would say it's one of the highlights of uh, maybe i'll catch fire i do think it's one of the uh better songs on there and i i think that line too just there's something about you won't catch me behind the wheel of a chrysler ever again that just stays with you. There's something There's something about just that line in particular. And actually the fuck you Aurora. I mean, really that whole that whole chorus kind of sticks with you because it's just really... Definitely. It's quir- and that kind of is the indie rock pop, kind of like power pop of like, again, where it may not sound straight up like Weezer, but Weezer would write a quirky... They may not sing like fuck you Aurora, but like Weezer would write something quirky like that and do it mid-tempo like that song. That song is more kind of mid-tempo and uh yeah, I I don't know. I I like it, but I don't really know what else to add. I I like the song, but I don't know. I have no real uh like deep connection. How about you Kyle? What do you what do you think about this one? Well, I mean, nowhere near as detailed as Zach, but like I have like, you know, not exactly Aurora per se, but I have something of a like uh, a feeling towards Aurora slash the town of Naperville, which they are two towns literally right on top of each other. <laughs> He's and, getting local as hell. I like a, this. And there's such a, a weird divide between those two towns where like, you'll like one person will say like, Oh, that's the rich side of the neighborhood. And this is the poor side. And it's like the, the like the main road, I would get even more local. I think it's route 59 cuts right through the middle of the towns. And it's so weird. The, the, the demographic change of like people there where it's like, you get like the super richy kind of like snooty kids. And then you kind of have like more like 
lower, you know, mid-class families and a little bit more, you know, just kind of dirty and grimy. And it's, it's cool that this song kind of reminds me of that, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool that it has such a local reference to me, even like what we were talking about earlier with, uh, what was the other song that had this, the, I'm drawing a blank. Your dad? I know a private, yeah, your dad. And then I has the watch. They have a watch flies fuck on channel 11, which is like a local, like basic cable TV channel out here, especially in Chicago. So like all those little references what are always cool, oh, yeah. but this one was probably the most fun because it was a strict fuck you, Aurora. I, I like when bands do that. I mean, there's, there's including, I feel like Illinois and Chicago in particular has so many different like landmarks or places to like reference. I'm, I'm always into that. And also like, it's cool too. Cause you learn about places. Like, honestly, I know Aurora. I didn't know there was Aurora, Illinois until right now. Only Aurora I've ever heard of is, is Aurora, Colorado. Like I, I didn't know there was a, even an Aurora, uh, well, Illinois. You can even go deeper than that and uh, watch Wayne's World, and they're from Aurora, Illinois. I've never seen Wayne's <laughs> World. Wild! You love that movie, man. I probably would. People, I've always heard people say good things about. It. I've just never, seen, and I have nothing against it. I would watch it. I have nothing. There's nothing about me that's like. Fuck you! I'll never. I like fuck Dana Carvin, Carvey, and Mike Myers. Mike Myers is sick. <laughs> I I would watch it. I just yeah. never have and, for whatever reason. And like the only other quirky little local thing I'll bring up because they are a local band. Uh, Matt Skiba, the high school that he went to, uh, like I, in McHenry, um, one of my old coworkers went to school with him, and they like hated each other because the the coworker I had was like a blues guitar player. And Matt Ski was obviously like a punk rock guy. And he used to talk about like Matt being like a terrible like guitarist and playing like battle of the bands at schools and just sounding like shit. And so like, he never Sound liked like Matt. And then, uh, one of my first real bands I got into, um, my bass player, he went to the school in a town called Elgin called St. Ed's, which come to find out that, uh, Dan, Danny went to school there and my bass player got to meet his mom and end up going into his house. And he was able to pick anything out of this, like almost like bedroom that just had like records and like little posters and this and that t-shirts. And he picked a, uh, maybe I'll catch fire as like a, like a vinyl so he got to take that home and he put it in like his window to like, you know, to display it. But because it was in a window. Yeah, that's not the move. The sun, <laughs> yeah. It's sun faded the fuck out of the, oh, the casing yeah. of it. So the back of the vinyl, like just the, the sleeve is like pure white and just like super dingy. <laughs> and he's like, that's like one of the biggest regrets of my life going to Dan Adriano's mom's house and ruining a vinyl. <laughs> I had uh not, it wasn't a vinyl, but. You know how, like, back in the day at record stores, they would have, like, the album art for something, but it was fucking huge. It'd be, like, a big old square, like, three feet tall, three feet wide. Have like, you ever seen those? They just, they're made of cardboard. Oh, yeah, man. They're, I, uh, mm-hmm. what are they called? They're, like, they're almost, I thought they were called, like, mail. They're not mailers, but, like, I know exactly. They're, like, promo, like, they're not, it's almost like 
they're almost for like photo ops and like because i actually got one wait you think a press kit are you talking about like a photo like of the band Nah, man, I'm talking about the album artwork. Oh, okay, I okay. I got one as a gift, and uh, it's for The Art of Losing. And it's really big, uh, right? By, by American Hi-Fi. It's pretty, it's not as huge, it's about probably the size of a record, if not Oh, okay, no, okay, bigger. so here, so there's two things. You're thinking of promo flats, and this is... Oh, that is what I'm thinking This of. is, and I do have those, I know what you're talking about. This, though, is like, I'm talking about, it's like three feet tall... And three feet wide. Like, it's the album cover on a big piece of, like, flat, basically, cardboard that they used to, like, display in, like, record stores. You get them. Well, anyway. Like a giant pizza box. Yeah, basically a giant pizza box, but it's, like, fucking three feet tall. I had one. I bought one at a store at a record theater in Buffalo, RIP, but they used to sell them. And I bought a, I bought a Ocean Avenue, and I put it in my, in my window and I'm a fucking idiot the same reason. Like two years later, it was in my bedroom window just for years, never took it out. And like by year two, which is funny because think about the Ocean Avenue cover. It's that girl. It's already fading. Yeah, it's already fading. But like <laughs> it just faded it more. But you couldn't tell for like the first year or two because, yeah, the, the album covers already looks faded. But the, the fucking sun just faded it so much that now it's just it's like a big white fucking square. Like there's just you can't even tell it ever like was the Ocean Avenue album cover. <laughs> it was they're really cool and i mean you could only record, oh, yeah. record stores had them and they didn't last because they're literally like a piece of like they're not super flimsy i guess they're a little better quality than like paper but it's like they just probably got thrown away or thrown like they were not made to last so it's hard to find them but yeah i remember doing the same thing you don't don't leave shit in windows with uh the sun like exposing them because it normally doesn't end well I, anyway. Side note, uh, it's super cool when guitars take on different coloration. That that was the last thing. Oh, that yeah, was like, like, like through age? Comment, the whole podcast. No, I do like you that, though. <laughs> no, that, that that's uh, – no, I do no, like no. that with the old ones. Like, less po- – I, I, well, now we're just going. But, yeah, <laughs> I like when they wear differently, like, throughout the years. Yeah. They'll be a different color than they started. That is pretty rad. But getting – Yeah, about it. Getting, getting back to the song – uh at hand do we have do we have anything for fuck you aurora anything else or should we uh should we do the very last one here close it out close it fucking out okay so my number one um the only song i like more than mr chainsaw now this list was very hard to do except for like my top two because i i knew mr chainsaw was there and i knew my fucking number one i gotta go back to god damn it and uh gotta go with as you were this song to me sums up the genius of early Alkaline Trio and a lot of just what I like about Alkaline Trio as a whole. The fucking song, just from the beginning, it just it's so fucking fast. It's so now this one too earlier I mentioned Green Day and I've mentioned Jawbreaker a few times. I like they very much which I mean fuck, they have a song called San Francisco on this record, but like Bay Area Punk was very big. I think for early Alkaline Trio, I think those guys will tell you uh, a lot of those like East Bay bands and a lot of bands like Jawbreaker, like Green Day, uh, you know, like Crimp Shine, uh, just all those bands from like San Francisco were huge on them. And this song, I mean, feels like it just comes from that whole scene. And I mean, just pure fucking energy. Again, nothing, 
Nothing crazy. I mean, even the base does a few neat things, but I don't feel like any of them, none of them are doing anything nuts. I will say, Glenn Porter, this is quite a good uh, drum song. I think right away with uh, the beginning on it, he, uh, I mean, just really, he just hits them. He hits them very well, like, I mean, dynamically and everything, the drums sound fucking cool. But it's just one of those songs where it's all energy. I mean, the, the song is pure energy. And if this song, it goes back to the same with my friend, Peter, if you put this song on a later alkaline trio record, you'd lose part of the charm is that it's rough around the edges, that it sounds lot. This song sounds so live. This song, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I guess they didn't. Cause we talked about that. Dan recorded his uh, vocals and bass early cause he had to go on tour. But like this song sounds so much like they were all in the room at the same time recording it that like they just fucking hit record did one take like in the but in the best way like it's just a song and this is one I would love to hear live that I've never heard live and I don't know that we ever will I don't know that they play much I've, I've heard them play like 97 and stuff and they don't play a whole lot of like old shit from like way way back I think I maybe heard them play cop once but this is one that I think should should be thrown in there I mean this is another one where if you love the intensity of, I mean, songs like, like, this is the beginning of it. Like, songs like Armageddon, I'm Dying Tomorrow, um, Steamer Trunk. Like, some of those more fast-paced songs and my favorite, like, fucking parts of Alkaline Trio. This is the beginning of it. I think this was, like, one of their first real ones where it's, like, this song is just a no-nonsense. And as a trio, too, it's just three guys on fucking fire for however long the song is. I mean, two minutes, two and a half minutes, however long it is. They're on fucking fire the whole time. I mean, this this entire song, great use of octaves from Matt. I mean, we've talked about it the whole time, but I mean, he knows how to use octaves. And uh, this song, the whole the whole beginning of it, I think it, it just like the it just hits you right away. And a big part of it is those uh, octaves that he's playing. And uh, also, I mean, I, I keep talking about it being kind of the first, and I think it's one of the also one of the first classic Matt and Dan songs where they were both integral to it vocally. Like, you know, because cause really early on, like I was saying, on God Damn It, it very much feels like Matt Skiba's the lead singer and Danny's kind of like the backup, you know, like he kind of does backing vocals. But I think on As You Were, it's one of the first ones where, yeah, I mean, Matt's kind of the lead on it, but like Danny's singing all over, you know, he's harmonizing all over on like the verses and bridges and stuff. And that just, that praying for you to fall when they're singing that and they're both like, Again, the harmonies are not like it, it's not well harmonized. You know, you should never. People always tell you that you never record the fucking. Uh, you know, like you don't do harmonies before the lead vocals or whatever were recorded. Like that's a huge no no. But it's like on this, yeah, it's not perfect, but it sounds fucking amazing. Like they're so out of key. Like hearing Danny when he's just the, just the praying for you to fall and everything, like. I love it. It's not it's it's not clean. It's not well produced. It's rough around the edges, but it's amazing. An amazing song too. It also to credit to them, it's just a great fucking song. And I'll also say going back to Steamer Trunk, this is uh this is another one that I throw up there with Steamer Trunk where if you play this one, you strip it back and you just play it acoustic, it's fucking haunting. I mean, this song right away like what is the let me pull it up real quick. I can't I can't remember the uh, entire thing off the top of my head, but another one of those ones where the opening line gets you right away. Stale as a two-day half or stale as a two-day half full beer. Cigarette boats float around in here. A field in my gut lacking sunshine. I fucking love that. That's such a good like 
it paints a picture. Put down like a teenager's first drink. I cough up compliments. I think you're better off walking away while you still can. I mean, the self-deprecation, but also like, you know, self-evaluation, being realistic about things, like knowing that maybe you're a fuck up or that, you know, you don't just knowing who you are. This song is very, it's just self-realizing. You realize the things you don't like about yourself or maybe the things you need to change. You, you you realize the flaws and shit, and you just just everything about that. And then going into the chorus, the she was passing through to climb a hill. As she slipped and slid on my gut spill, my better half was praying for you to fall. Like, that's early Skiba. That's, again, it's like that's Skiba really finding his voice. Like, this is early on him going like, like fuck, this guy can really write a song. But I love – I mean, I've – I've really, this has probably been my favorite Alkaline Trio song, switching out Mr. Chainsaw for like, I mean, fuck, probably, probably at least the last like six or seven years, I would say this one is, has been my favorite. It's just, again, it's, I, I love those, I love those songs. I know when we did Blink that, uh, I, I, I did have Carousel on there and it's another one of those songs where I love bands where early on they're showing you what's going to happen later. You hear songs like this and go, God damn, like no no wonder that like they got so good after this. You know, there there's just these little uh sparks of genius early on, and I think as you were is uh is definitely that. But I, I don't I don't know. Thoughts on uh thoughts on this one for either of you? It's definitely uh, one of the cleanest um, tracks on the album for me. Cleanest, did you say? It's- yeah, it's smooth. My biggest complaint about uh, the early Alkaline Trio is, is like pretty much, I guess, just as a generalization, a lot of this stuff before maybe I'll catch fire for me is a little rough. Um, and I don't even listen to Blink's Cheshire Cat. And, and I'm, you know, I'm comparing again, but um, I, I think As You Were is definitely like they got their shit together for this track. Like, I, I think it's a little more polished than some of the other songs. Like, I don't know, man, cops, I, I, I'm all into like anti-police brutality, but the fucking song cop is terrible. Oh, you're crazy. That's a great fucking song. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. See, and again, I, I just, it's hard to digest. It's just, it's just a lot siren and everything in the backseat. It's just like, I don't know. It, like, I want to like it, but it's just like, it's a lot. I, I think, though, the, the, the problem with that era, though, I will say this is you're either going to like it or not, because I think the charm of it is that like that's, that's kind of what I've pointed out with these is like the things that you don't like about it, I think, are probably the things that I do like about it. And I think if you yeah. were to change them at all. I don't think it would make them work. You know what I mean? I, I like, I think, and again, it doesn't make you wrong. Like I, there's tons of bands where I go jawbreakers and other jawbreakers, one of my favorite bands, but the early, like really early stuff. I'm like, no, they were their last two records are why they're amazing. It's like the real early stuff. You know, a lot of bands are that way. There's bands where, you know, like green day, like the lookout stuff is good, but I think really dookie is where they start where it's like, okay, this early stuff's good, but it's like dookies where it's like, all right, no, they're actually getting, really good here you know a lot of bands have that like turning point but i, I do think with god damn it though and uh same with the the self-titled and just that collection of songs it's like the charm of it is that is that they are kind of rough around the edges but i what i like about god damn it though is even though it is i don't think it's too rough what i like about it is it's not super well produced but as well as but as far as sonically goes 
I don't think it sounds bad in that sense. You can you can hear the lyrics, you can hear the vocals, you can hear the guitar and everything. It doesn't sound like a big muffled mess. Like that's what I don't like. Because there's times where like like Less than Jake, some of their early shit, the songs are good, but they're recorded so bad that you can't I can't listen to them because I'm like, you can't really tell what the lyrics are. Everything's just yeah. like it's all fucked up. Whereas with this, I don't feel that way. I feel like everything's mixed pretty well. You can, you know, you can hear the vocals, you can hear what they're singing. But, uh, you know, it's just not clean. There's definitely not a lot of, you know, there's not overdubs. There's not hand claps. There's not a lot of, like, reverb or trying to, like, clean things up. It's very much, like, record it, and that's about it. We're not going to fuck around with it too much. We're not going to, not a lot of, like, post-production here. A lot more just hit record, and what you get is what you get. But uh, that's what I love about it. I do agree, though. I think you're right. It is one of the like quote unquote cleaner sounding songs on the record. I mean, I, I think it, it is a maybe a little cleaner than a like cop or some of the other ones. I think also like it, uh, even though it doesn't open the record, like it does, there's an Asian man. This might be where it became my favorite song of theirs, but it's on an Asian man records comp. And it's like, it's the very first song on it. it, it I mean, it came out whenever goddamn it came out, but like, it's the first song on the comp and just right away you hear that and you're like, fuck. Like, this is how you, like, like, even if you didn't know the band, you'd go, who is this band? Like, I just imagine so many people heard Alkaline Trio, like, they pick up this Asian man comp, and they just hit play, and they never heard Alkaline Trio before, and it's like, who the fuck is this band? Like, who is this? Including if you're listening, because you're a fan of what they were putting out at that time on the label, so it's like, if you were a fan of that, and you heard that, you had to be blown away um, to hear that song back in, like, 90, you know, 97, 98, whenever it was released, but, uh. I don't know. I love this song. How about uh, how about you, Kyle? Any anything on this one? Yeah, this song. Uh, I mean, it's for me. It's just all lyrics. The lyrics are just so wild, and they, they go all over the place. But they really tell, do like, a really unique story. And yeah, you have kind of like the the early best of like Matt and Dan, like and their lyrics kind of coming together because, like you say. Like Dan is so like kind of like self-deprecating and kind of so inward thinking about himself and where Matt's lyrics are very like, uh, you know, there's, there's, it, there's like, we use this term a lot. It's really dark and gritty and there's a lot of thought provoking things. And this is like a really cool blend of both of their like styles coming together. And it, like, yeah, it's like a nice early introduction to like where trio will eventually be and that being on like their first like real like full length like it it's cool i don't revisit uh god damn it enough or as much as i should because i do really like a number of songs on here it's my second as favorite we trio probably, record i would say easily my yeah, second favorite yeah okay yeah see like i like it i just i don't visit it enough like i it always comes up and i'm like man i should but then i don't uh but yeah, it's really good as you were probably wouldn't make it on like a top even like 20 for me, but the, just the lyrics itself, like I, the music, I feel like you can change the music a little bit more on this song and still make it work. But for the era of which the, like this trio exists in obviously like 98 or whatever, like it works. And it's like I said before, it's like a nice little precursor to what you eventually hear from both these guys. Oh, totally. I mean, this song is a precursor to so many songs that came after. I mean, just 
the form, like the alkaline trio formula. You know, even in the baseline, like I was saying, he doesn't do a whole lot of crazy shit, but that the end he does. That ending is amazing. I love, I love how they end this song. He has that driving baseline, and they all just start coming in and just just keep like hitting down and shit. Like I love it. That that's why I hate. I truly enjoy your day. Fucks that record up because if you take enjoy your day off, that record's amazing. I, I really that that record I would say besides Enjoy Your Day, the whole fucking thing is great. Cringe is one of their best openers. Sorry about that oh, is yeah. one of their best closer. Like, and that's the thing about it. That's all about placement. I don't hate an acoustic song or a ballad on a Alkaline Trios. Literally, the closer is an acoustic song, and it's fucking amazing. I love. I think that that one was another one that may that might make my top ten. Uh, sorry about that. I really think that's an underrated. Matt Skiba song. I really, I love that it's just him and acoustic guitar. I mean, you want to talk about no production. I mean, it that that's just it. It's him and the acoustic, and he's just yelling his fucking head off. Like, I love it so much. I, I love that. I love uh, God Damn It, if you can't tell. Um, easily From Here to Infirmary <laughs> is my favorite, and God Damn It's my second. And then third, you know, I don't know my third. If I had to go with number three, I might say maybe I catch fire, maybe I'll catch fire, but I also say that for a handful of songs, not the whole album as a whole. If we, you know what? If I yeah. can say remains, I might say remains is number three. If we're counting yeah. that, remains might be yeah, my third favorite. Fine. Yeah, see, that's why that's why I asked that question earlier because if it was me, remains is easily at least number two. Sometimes interchangeable with from here to infirmary. Just because that's where I don't know if it's fair, player. though. You know what I mean? That's where I go. Exactly. Is, it, is it fair? It's, it's, like, that's like saying a greatest hits is your favorite. You know what I mean? It's like if you go, oh, but, so like, what's your favorite no, like, hits on it, though? That's the thing. No, like, that, that's are, true. Have, like a single, but but I just mean a compilation. I, I, I mean, the compilation yeah. side of it where it's like, is it fair? Because they're basically even though they are B sides, they're taking like the and I mean, they their B sides are better than most man's A sides. But it's like they're still giving you the highlights of their B side. So it's like, you still kind of go, is it fair? Cause they're giving us, even though it's not a best of, it's still a best of our unreleased shit basically. Yeah. But like, I guess it all depends on the fans as well. Cause it's, it all depends on how the fans react to it. For all we know, the fans could have fucking dumped on that, you know, and it could have just been, Oh yeah, that's a, a, a load of trio B sides. Cool. I'll, no big deal. I'll say but this. I feel though. like the, the fanfare I think the fanfare is what put that over. Well, that's what I was going to say is I can't think of another band who put out like a B-side and rarities record that is held in the regard that that is. Because, again, bands put those out, normally diehard fans buy them, and, they, and it's more just to, you know, to be a completionist. I mean, it's that thing to kind of do it because it's like you just want to hear everything they've released. There's so many bands who put those out, I can guarantee you, you've listened to once and never thought of again. Like that that's a testament to how good their B sides and shit are that they put that out and people love it that much that they go like, Oh, I listen to the I I mean really like you, you can listen to that as much as you listen to one of their studio records. Like you they're and people do. I mean it's that good. Yeah, it, that 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 that's my number two. You know, yeah, so fucking uh yeah, solid solid B sides from them remains Boy. remains rules. But that is Fuck, I mean, is there anything else to add to As You Were? I mean, I've kind of said everything about it. I love the fucking song. It's simple, but that's what I love about it. It's just, it's fast, it's simple. The lyrics are insane, yet they work. I mean, he he literally references spoiled breast milk, and it still works. Yeah. Like, 
You know what I mean? And then two lines later about a prostitute in court, like just shit where it's like, again, it's like, like, even if you don't catch everything he's saying, he'll just, you'll hear a word or two. You go, what the fuck did he just say? I love it. I, I love this song. I love this band. But uh, real quick here, as we close up, maybe we should uh, all of us just just go go down real quick. Kyle, start with you. Just read off your top five. Just going going down from five to one is a, is a quick recap here. All right. Uh, number five, uh, she lied to the FBI. Number four, fatally yours. Three, hell yes. Too stupid kid and war brain to close it out. Fuck yeah, uh, Zach! You want to read down your list real quick? Sure. Uh, we've had enough. Private eye. Keep them coming. Um, you're dead. And fuck you, Aurora. Fuck yeah! Mine was uh, number five. Was fine. Number four was steamer trunk. Number three, my friend Peter. Number two, Mr. Chainsaw, and number one, as you motherfucking were. That was uh yeah. that was fun, boys. I mean, this is uh I love this band. This was I truly I think this this was probably harder than even Zach like doing the top five drive through. Like I thought that was difficult. I think this was harder. I and I think this was harder than Bleak too. I don't too. know, man. You still think drive through was harder? That one was hard. It because, was hard. Like, Cause it's hard because like I like all the different bands for so many different reasons, and it was like kind of hard, you know. It was like comparing apples to oranges. I thought because like I don't know. I think ranking just a bang, like it'd be like ranking all of Bang Bagrin's artists. Like Dashboard does not <laughs> sound like Alkaline Trio. So oh yeah, I, I, mean, I know what you're saying. Yeah, sound wise and everything. Yeah, it it does change up up more. Yeah, more like broad. I, Definitely, yeah. but yeah, that was my only thing. So the uh, the drafting one was kind of hard. How about you, Kyle? Was this uh, of all the like countdowns and shit we've done? I mean, do you think this was the hardest one? Oh, definitely the hardest one for sure. Because at least for me, and the blink one, um, like my top five is really interchangeable with any other song that they have. It just really depends on like what I feel like at the time. Yeah, just your mood. Like uh, there was. A, like, but yeah, there was a couple songs on that Blink list that I removed. Like, there was one song specifically that I changed during an episode, not because it, my like my song was taken by anyone else. It was just on a whim. I'm like, ah, I love that song, but it, I'm not feeling it at this current moment. And and so, if you if we were to do that list right now, maybe one or two of the songs may be the same, but the other three or four might be completely different. And so it's all based on my mood at that moment where Alkaline Trio, it's very much like I have my solid three and it's really just what other two can I fill in? And so for me, the other two are kind of more interchangeable, but because I had so many more songs uh, on like my, uh, my honorable mentions that like anything could be switched out in any moment, but my, my top three were solidified. I, I get that. I, I think, uh, there are there are a handful of songs like I did have to think of a few, but there are like like I I mean you can kind of tell when I was talking about them, but really like the top three like my friend Peter as you were and uh, and uh, Mr Chainsaw like those in my mind are ones where no matter what mood I am of Alkaline Trio if those songs come up and shuffle I'm fucking stoked right away I'm like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if I'm in a happy sad whatever mood I'm in listening to Alkaline Trio if those three songs pop up 
that's how I know they're my favorite. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I, and same with if I hear them live or something. Like, I'm going to lose it. It makes me feel a certain way. Like, you know, you you do. You just have that reaction to it that you're like, you just know that this one's different than the other ones. But I can totally see what you mean because, yeah, it also does depend mood. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, and, like, like oh, what were you saying? All I wanted, the, la- the only other thing I wanted to say was, like, because uh, From Here to Infirmary and Remains are, like, my number one and number two, out of all the songs that I've written down for, like, my, my entire list, six of them are from Here to Infirmary and five of them are on Remains. Yeah, I feel like every, I feel like half of this list was just from Here to Infirmary, from all of us. I, I feel like, yeah. I feel like our whole list was just half of that record. It's so good, though. It just, that, that really reminds you just how good that record is. But we also like pretty much we all had different songs. Yeah, that's yeah. that is true. And we well, I also like though the like I never would have thought "Fuck You, Aurora" would be your number one, Zach. And I never, um, I can't remember what your number five was, Kyle. But even that, I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting right away. The later, the yeah, later like, era. Yeah, she lied to the FBI. Like twenty thirteen. Yeah, like, that's super later era. Yeah, it, good it, stuff. But fuck yeah, dudes! This is uh, this has been fun. We will uh, close out here. Uh, any closing words from either of you? Anything you need to add? You just need to get off your chest. Yeah, man. I I know it doesn't work sonically, but I want people to just stop giving Matt Skiba fucking slack for not filling Tom DeLonge's shoes correctly. Because dude, no one could do that. Oh my god! I feel like he was <laughs> directing that at me. I feel like that was a passive aggressive. Uh, Comment no, man, towards me, it's Zach. literally like how dare Blink you on my show on my own show on my own i mean you're not gonna hate someone for making money though um but well, like, i just wish the fans would chill out because like fan, the elitist people just like uh just kind of rub me the wrong wrong way and nine might be a fucking travesty of an album but like Steve is. is not a travesty as a person no, he's not. My and I wish people would stop like kind of talking about him like that. It's kind of annoying. Oh well, if you're talking about me, I'll, ne- yeah, I'll yeah, never. Okay. Stop. Not you, but literally, <laughs> it's like a fan community. Like all the it's, Blink fans, the, like are. Like, I don't like the disrespect. Now I don't like the yeah. disrespect because he is Matt fucking Skiba. As far as that goes, yeah, you don't disrespect the man. He's a legend. Yeah, my whole. A lot of people have been though, like just for yeah. Like, I don't like that part. Five years though, it's no, annoying. No, I don't like that part of just not liking him because he took Tom's place. I have no. I love Matt Skiba. I was intrigued to hear I love what both man. Well, that's what I mean. I was intrigued to hear what Blink was going to sound like with Matt Skiba. It just was nothing that I liked, but I was definitely excited, and I love I love fucking Matt Skiba to death. But I'm just like I'd rather his talents be uh, used somewhere where they're more utilized, kind of thing. Definitely. You know. It's just one of those things. It's like if you had like fucking, I don't know, like like take a really, like just a really proficient guitar player, you know, I mean, what, like Steve Vai or just some dude like that and put him in a pop punk band. You're not, you know what I mean? It's like it's it's you with your talent that it would be better suited somewhere else. Same with Matt. It's like your talents just work better with Alkaline Trio than they do here in Blink. And that's just, you know, that's just how it is. But if you're talking shit on my boy Matt, just to talk shit? Nah, that's not okay. That that is uh I'm with Zach there. No talking no talking shit. I know Matt Skiba needs us to uh, defend him. I know no one else is in his corner and he needs <laughs> he needs Anthony and Zach and Kyle uh to like defend him, but yeah, we got to defend our boy uh, Matt Skiba. But please, I've please quit writing multiple, terrible 
Please quit writing terrible Blink albums, though. I've left yeah. multiple Facebook groups just because the fans are just <laughs> relentless with the fucking comments. That dude, that yeah, dude wrote. Birth, that motherfucker's an alkaline tree. Leave him alone. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, literally at first, Zach, when you started talking about it, I thought you were speaking against Matt and him being in Blink. And so I reacted unjustly <laughs> until I realized you were trying to show support for him. Cause I was about to freak out being like, no, Matt's fine in blank. Like you shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just need fans. I mean, it's probably just fucking teenagers, but usually it's not though. That's what's it's, the crazy thing. It's like thing. the super, it's the super diehard Tom fans where, it's it's him or it's not blank like and people forget that fucking mark's there too like yeah i don't know it's i i see what they're getting at but it's not it's, it's not, not what healthy it needs to be. too and it's not no. really building up any artists and they're just trying to create man from an artist's perspective and it's like stunting like i feel like maybe nine was bad because of fucking fan criticism because they wanted to get outside the box because fans didn't like when they tried to redo California. So then they tried to do something yeah. weird and then it got worse. See, and I liked, and I liked nine over California. Like I thought, was, I thought nine was good. Like, Interesting. like on, I'll have uh, to listen through that top, a little more. When, when, uh, when we were going through our top five blink songs, even though it was like super new, I had dark side up there. Cause even though it's a hit and a oh, quote unquote hit, it's not like, any, it's not going to be as big as anything else they've done. But like, I really thought that was a really solid song. Interesting. I'll have to re-listen to that album. I know I liked, uh, what's the opener on that album? On um, nine, uh, what is it? Uh, the first time. Yeah, the the weird flangy yeah. drums. Yeah. I like that yeah, part I think, about. Yeah, I think. Are you guys talking about feeling this? this? No. Well, you said opening it, song it, with flangy it, drums. No. I was thinking feeling well, it's this. Call, it's almost like a callback no. to that. That's what I think, man. No, it, because they did it. The song is called "The First Time." Yeah, true. That is. But that's it. like you, the third time like, they did that. <laughs> <laughs> True, man. It's like the or third time they put flangey drums on a fucking song. I'd call that the third time, not the first time. Yeah, definitely. Now I'm just talking shit. <laughs> and I don't and know the you, last thing. I don't know. This is, this is my closing remark. Uh, and it's more or less <laughs> in case we do something like this again. Uh, I think I uh, while Zach was talking earlier because he kind of had a he kind of had something going on with this and I thought about it. I think I found, I figured out what a harder top five list would be. Ooh. Top, top three or top five, uh, best album openers. Ooh, actually I don't Ooh. think it would. Well, maybe for other people, but I think of this so often that I already have like my top three in my head right now. And in no yeah, particular, dude, in no particular order, I won't say this is every, the every, yes, every band everything. Every get up, get up, kids! Ho- pop punk the though, get up, kids! I feel ho- like it's gonna get too crazy. Well, I mean, I feel like that's kind of where we'd sit anyway. But like, you know, some of us, like me, I might have an easy core band in there, or yeah. You know, not saying I would, but I might. No, I think that yeah. would be fun. But I don't. I actually didn't think that would be. Well, to be fair, I think I did. It's been years, but I literally one time did a whole radio show of just album openers. Like I did like an hour, hour and a half of just nothing but track ones. I think of that all. I think album openers are so important. I think I could easily uh, 
and I won't say them because actually I was about to say them, but now maybe that will be an episode someday. So I'm not <laughs> going to fucking say mine. No, I just said I'm not saying mine. Don't fucking say yours now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, shut the fuck up. No, you can't. I don't think no, no, shut the fuck up. You're not allowed. You're not allowed. <laughs> not on this okay. podcast. Go on another <laughs> podcast and say them. You're not allowed on Bro, this what? one. <laughs> it's getting real aggressive here at the very end. It's getting Come real on, fucking no, mean at the end. It's getting Dude, real only, fucking mean. There's a real turn the here at the end. I know who has a podcast. I can't. I can't go on another. Go one. on another fucking one and say him. You ain't saying them here. I'm starting my own. <laughs> Start a podcast just to go pay like the hosting fees. Get like all this like recording software and shit. It's like just be like, and my top three are, and then that's that's just it. You never do another <laughs> one. It's like a thirty second episode. It. It'll be, I gotta uh, up and go out of this phone call in a minute. Oh, we can. Oh, we, ha 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 ha! Wait, what do you say? I didn't hear. Wait, what do you say? I didn't hear him. <laughs> I didn't hear him. I don't think. I don't think we can repeat it now. Oh God damn! Well, now I'm gonna have to leave this in. I'm gonna. I'm not. That's the whole reason why I'm not gonna edit this episode is just because I want to hear what he just said. So all of this will be left in. Okay, and if anything, he'll, if anything, Zach will put it on his own podcast called The Octave Riff Minute. Oh, I was thinking the bar chord hour it was going to be, but I like yours better. The diminished seventh <laughs> Yeah, the, chord dimi- hour. the diminished seventh hour. <laughs> it's going to be like the douchiest podcast. The fucking jazz chord hour. Welcome to Zach Korshevsky's Fingering A Minor podcast. <laughs> I feel like we should have just clo- why do we keep talking we should have just closed I should have just faded out as as that was coming out of Kyle's mouth alright so that's, there's nothing to add right we're done right there's not we can't add anything else all i can all we're out of jokes and out of songs i think we're done all i'm all i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna be the asshole who plugs here and uh you can and you can uh follow me at power Court hour on twitter instagram facebook and that's all i'm gonna say but fuck yeah thank you for uh checking out this episode we're uh going about four hours now So enjoy the four hours of Alkaline Trio, and uh, thanks for listening.